Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. Welcome whether you're here with us on-site or whether you're joining us online this morning. We have come together to worship God, and, you know, as I was reflecting this morning on what does that mean, we're called to worship by giving of our lives to, um, you know, love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and to love one another as ourselves. So the first thing I would like to encourage each one of us is to welcome one another. Let's try and love one another with what we can do within our constraints right now. So if you're on site, uh, would you turn to your neighbor, uh, wave with them, give them a heart symbol? And maybe if you are on the, um, online this morning, would you uh, drop in the chat window, uh, peace be upon you, um, as a way to bless the people who are watching uh, online uh, together with us this morning. So that covers kind of like what we can do at the moment in terms of loving one another. Next week, um, you know, um, after the service, we can actually go out and have lunch together. Uh, no longer do we have to be restricted to uh, two people of the same households. And I see a lot of cheers already uh, from uh, a lot of people. And so I do encourage you to come on site and join us for our Sunday service. And so please you know, uh, do register to join us for our, our services on site. And let's um, not just minister to each one of us, you know, just by waving, but actually we can fellowship and have to spend some time with one another from next weekend onwards. So we're really looking forward uh, to that, especially as we approach the Advent season. But what about, be, uh, about loving God in this situation, right? When we uh, still have got limitations for all being together, to being uh, able to be gathered to worship God. Well, I think uh, one very simple way is being present. Um, we are um, always, especially if you are online, uh, very easy to be multitasking. You know, some of you all might be uh, watching this while you're cooking, uh, while you're in the bathroom, uh, whether you're on the bed. You know, you might be on your computer and having your phone uh, next to you while you're replying and catching up on emails and texts. I think one way that we can minister to uh, and, and worship God, especially this being the worship service, is to be able to be present. And just like uh, you wouldn't like to uh, be the other person on the receiving end as somebody is checking their phones or, you know, being distracted, uh, replying email when you're having a meal or conversation with them. I think this is an opportunity for ourselves also to commune with God and just to, to lay down uh, those distractions so that we can be present and focused and see what's on the heart of God and what the Spirit of God wants to speak to us, to each one of us, and as a church this morning. So to prepare ourselves uh, for a time of worship, can I invite those people who are willing and able here to, to, to rise and respond to the call to worship together? Drawn by God's presence, we, we gather. gather. Inspired by God's Spirit, we, we worship. worship. Empowered by God's grace, we, we live. We are a community embraced by, by the mystery of God's, God's love for all creation. creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ, the, the light, light that, that shines in every time, every, every place, and every, every life. life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, Together we, we strive, strive to live with loving hearts, open minds, and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. You may be seated or you may remain standing. Let's join our hearts for a time of worship in song together with our worship team.
Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'll be leading prayer for today. Uh, those who are present, I mean, feel free to adopt any posture that is comfortable for you, uh, whether standing or seated. Nah. Okay. Um, I think I want to start with a, a quick reflection first um, about things that have been happening recently. And um, I think one of the things that, I don't know what conversation's been like, like for you recently, but one of the common questions that um, I've been getting, and I'm, I guess many of us have been getting is, you know, like, um, hey, which country are you going to uh, next? Okay. Are you, have you booked your flight yet? Okay. And I think that one of the, the common questions, okay, now that we can travel, we will want to travel, lah. Right, so uh, my response to them is very like diva, you know. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't really need to travel. I'm fine, you know. I'm quite happy where I am and all that. And I I realized that um, actually it's not really the case. Okay, it's just that I don't happen to like traveling lah, right? Because I realized that actually, I mean, COVID has kind of affected uh, everyone in one way or another lah. And it's okay to to um, um kind of like admit to the truth that it has affected. Uh, you and I think for me, um, I think my, my partner can attest to it that, that I have been extremely irritable and grouchy sometimes, you know, like picking on every single thing around the house, you know. And um, I think um, that's, that's, that's why I think sometimes I, I realize that um, it's so important to really uh, catch ourselves sometimes. And as we reflect, um, um, to allow ourselves to reflect and reflect deeper. And then sometimes through that process, we will uh, get to a better understanding you know, of where God is leading us and where the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to understand about ourselves. Okay, so will you join me for a moment of creating that space for God to speak to us? To the God of many names, thank you for this time that we can come together to pray as your people. Be with us this moment as we learn to create space in our hearts and our minds. We offer ourselves to you, all our confusions worries, fears, anxieties, all our excitements, thanksgivings, happiness, and joys, we lift it up to you. In this space, Lord, speak to us so that we can do your will in our lives. Lord, you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. At each step of our pilgrimage, each step of our journey, we are not alone. For you walk with us, alongside us, guiding us. Lord, we thank you for your presence in our lives. Even in times we are not aware, and in times that we may not be able to listen. Lord, we are your church, your ecclesia. 
your modern day tabernacle. Lord, we ask that your spirit moves and continue to move and flow through us. Let your will be known in our community and find expression in our words and our actions, how we live our lives as individuals and as a community. Lord, each person in this church, each person here today, each one of us is specially created, unique, beautiful in our own ways, but never alone. Lord, thank you for helping us to come into this space and learn to celebrate the diversity and difference that you have blessed us with. Rule over our lives, Lord, and give us a love for each other and all creation, that we may truly be your voice of hope in a world that needs to hear your voice evermore. Lord, we want to thank you for the gradual opening up of Singapore. We share in the joys of many friends in church who have been away from family and friends for far too long, uh, fam uh, friends and family overseas, and also Singaporeans who, or friends from overseas who have been away and not able to return for such a long time. Thank you, Lord, for the gradual opening up. Keep each person who is traveling safe. Keep each person safe as they travel um, through this period. And Lord, I pray also for those who are returning to work, school, and about our daily activities. Lord, grant us patience as we learn to reconnect with each other and at the same time, keep safe and stay safe. Lord, for those who are facing personal struggles, mental, physical, or financial, Lord, we pray that your comfort will be poured out on each person in abundance. Lord, although sometimes we may feel lonely, we are not alone, for you are with us. Even in our moments of struggle, as we walk through the valley of suffering, Lord, grant us strength, grant us hope and courage to live each day. Lord, we receive with open arms your blessings. Lord, now we would like to take a few moments to lift up the things on our hearts in prayer to you as a church.
Lord. Thank you for hearing our prayers as individuals and as a community. Lord, we ask that you help us to continue to create this space and listen to your spirit. Guide us and grant us the humility to listen and to follow you. Every day, every moment of our lives. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives oh may all who come behind us find us faithful may the fall of our devotion like their that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us We live inspire them to obey. 
So, good morning. And it's so wonderful to see all of you here today, those of you on site as well as those of you online. And even as we begin uh, the sermon today, I want to invite you to join us on menti.com, as we usually do. Uh, this is a place where we get to interact a little bit uh, around the sermon, and um, you get to kind of add in your responses, which is always wonderful. Uh, it always makes our sermon so much richer. And so the code today is 8724-0070. And so we have been doing this series called Becoming. And today is actually the very last um, segment of the series. In this series, we began by talking about the sower and how God sows love, life, and light extravagantly, regardless of the condition of the soil of our hearts, and how we are called to be sowers and to do the same for others. Then we talked about how we will encounter resistance because of the fear response in us and in others, and how we can have the wisdom to build our resilience anchored on hope. We also talked about waiting and how waiting is difficult, but it is a part of God's plan in our becoming. We were also reminded in the midst of becoming, we have all been loved into being. In the same way that we have been loved, we can love others into being. And then last week, Gary talked about how the process of becoming is like a pilgrimage. And it's important for us to understand the passion, the promise, the path and purpose of a pilgrim. So, what is that left to talk about? Well, today we're going to talk about courage. The courage to become. And that's what it all boils down to, right? We can know all these other things that we've talked about over the past few weeks, but do we have the courage to take the first step? Will we be courageous in following God's call, whatever it may be? Now, there are many passages in the Bible that I could have chosen, but I decided to choose one that is seldom preached from, yet I think it exemplifies the courage to become. And it's the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is one of only two books in the Bible to be named after women. The other is Esther. And Ruth is the only Jewish convert to have a biblical book named after her. And so this is a really profound and unparalleled honor. So what stands out about her amongst all the biblical writers is that she's not only a woman, she's also a Jewish convert. So something about her story must have been so remarkable. It was included as a book of the Bible many centuries ago in a day and age where the words and experiences of women were usually not taken very seriously. So, I'm not sure, you know, when was the last time you read the book of Ruth? Maybe it was recently. But I just want to ask you, what do you remember from the book of Ruth? Phrases, thoughts, um, names, people. What do you remember from the book of Ruth? And maybe for some of you, I'm not sure, maybe you've not read the book of Ruth before, and that's okay. It's a very nice, short book, a very beautiful book, actually. And you can probably read it uh, in, a couple, in one hour. 
Okay, yes, we see Naomi. <laughs> we see nothing. Thank you for your honesty, yes. <laughs> I'm sure some of you may not know anything about it. It's just okay. The kinsman, redeemer, Boaz, independence, where you go, I will go. Yep. Obedience, independence, foreign land, Moabite. Yes, Ruth was a Moabite, that's right. Your God will be my God, absolutely. Yes, gleaming. Gleaning, yes, okay. Correct, very good. Widows, very good. Family, excellent. Where's my Boaz? <laughs> yes, I'm sure we're all asking that question too. <laughs> Obed, follow, yeah. Right? And you see Naomi and follow and Boaz kind of like showing up quite a bit. We all actually remember quite a bit of the story. Yes, absolutely. For those of you who know the book of Ruth, and even if you don't know it, it's perfectly fine. People often think of the book of Ruth as a love story. All right? That's why you see people going, where's my Boaz? Right? People often think of Ruth as a love story between the foreign widow, Ruth, and Boaz, her so-called kinsman redeemer, or what we'll call her family redeemer. The story is a bit like a soap opera. It even has bits that seem to involve some kind of seduction. Now maybe you'll be more interested to go read it, right? And we'll get to that later, okay? But this book is so much more than that. It's much more than a nice, heartwarming love story. This book has only four chapters, but it's a beautiful work of art. It begins with tragedy and death in the opening chapter, and it moves towards joy and birth in the closing chapter. So you see this movement from tragedy and death to joy and birth, from chaos and famine right at the beginning, because it was the beginning, she said, it's the time of the judges, right? And for those of you who know the time of the judges, it was an extremely chaotic time. The people also were in the midst of famine, and that's why they had to move. And you see this whole story kind of develop and move towards order and abundance. You see, at right at the end, the genealogy leading up to the establishment of the monarchy under David, King David. And you see all these things kind of growing and changing and developing. And I share this with you because I want you to be able to see that arc, even as we talk about the story. This book is a brilliant work of theological art. It invites us to actually reflect on this question. How is God involved in the day-to-day -day hardships and joys of our lives? How? John Chister said, in the book of Ruth, the word of God takes a position on women that defies the social tradition in this day as well as in that one. In the book of Ruth, God calls us beyond the stereotypes and the social barriers to fullness of life and wholeness of being. It is a spiritual journey meant clearly for all of us. So when we think about this story, it is true for women, yes, but it is not just for women. It is true for us all. Through the story of Ruth, God is calling us beyond the stereotypes, the barriers, whatever social barriers that we face, so that we can live the fullness of life and experience the wholeness of being. This is a spiritual journey for you and me. So the book of Ruth begins with tragedy and change really difficult change. 
Not unlike the pandemic times that we live in now. We may not be in famine, but we're in a very challenging space as a world. See, Naomi and her family, they moved from Bethlehem to Moab because of a famine. There was no food. And then her husband dies. And then she has two sons. They marry Moabite women. And after some time, both sons die. And so it leaves three widows. And at times, it was hard to be a woman. And it was even harder to be a widow because there was no one they could depend on for survival. In a deeply patriarchal world, they couldn't just go out and get jobs and just survive. Many had to beg for a living or turn to sex work if they didn't have the help of their family. They were quite desolate. And so that's why in the Old Testament, God often tells the people through the prophets, take care of the widows, right? So Naomi decides there's nothing left for her in Moab. She says, no, I'm going to return to Bethlehem. Maybe I might have some relatives who might be able to help me. Her two daughters-in-law, Opa and Ruth, they want to go with her. But Naomi tells them that though they have been exemplary in their behavior throughout the multiple tragedies in their family, that there's really no future for them in Israel. You see, Naomi had no illusions that her life as a widow would be easy. And as foreigners who were despised by the Jews, the Moabites were kind of despised by the Jews at that time. She knew that life would be even more difficult for her Moabite daughters-in-law. And so the first chapter talks about how they all wept aloud together. Opa finally relents and she goes back to her mother's home. But Ruth refuses to leave. There's no question about leaving Naomi on her own. Ruth clings to Naomi and says her famous words, and some of you may know it. And this is in Ruth, chapter 1, 16 to 17. She said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. These words probably sound familiar because you might have heard it uttered at weddings. And so, at weddings, you often hear people say these moving words of steadfast devotion, right, at ceremonies. And when people are doing that, they are spoken by comfortable lovers, couples, surrounded by well-wishes and an atmosphere of romantic love. But there was nothing comfortable, romantic or idyllic about Ruth's situation. Her future was not one of bright promise and happiness. She was speaking as a widow, going to a foreign land where she didn't know anyone else. She was making these promises to an older widow who was returning home, bitter with grief. And she was doing this against all odds. Even though it was not expected of her, it was not required of her. You see, Ruth's words to Naomi were, weren't prompted by sentimentality. They were motivated by a steadfast devotion to the mother of her dead husband. Ruth was determined to care for Naomi. And as a foreign woman, she was determined to endure whatever discrimination she had to in Bethlehem. 
in order to see that Naomi's last years were as comfortable as she could make them. Ruth's words were not cute or casual. They were words of courage and utter devotion. Her proclamation of love, loyalty and commitment until death is remarkable and moving, regardless of time and culture. And that's why even today, people use it as vows in weddings. In fact, if you think about it, Ruth is very much like the Yahweh she has chosen to embrace. The Yahweh who will never leave us nor forsake us. The one who will forever offer us chesed or loving kindness, no matter what the cost. Even though it's not expected, even though it's not required. The themes of chesed, which is loving kindness and redemption, particularly exemplified by both Ruth and then later on by Naomi and Boaz, is found throughout this book. Ruth demonstrates chesed in her devotion and obedience to Naomi, even as they strive to survive together in this land. And in Ruth 3, we see Naomi's plan to ensure that Ruth is well taken care of in response to how Ruth has been taken care of, taking care of her. So see, in order, in order to feed Naomi and herself in Bethlehem, Ruth had been gathering the leftover grain in the fields of this man named Boaz, who treated her with kindness when he heard that she was the one who left her own family and homeland in order to take care of her mother-in-law in a foreign land. When Ruth returns home and tells Naomi about Boaz's kindness and generosity, Naomi is filled with joy because she realizes one thing. Boaz just happens to be a close relative, someone they could call a family redeemer. And so Naomi comes up with a plan. She says, Ruth, come, come. She tells her to go bathe, anoint herself, go down to the threshing floor, which is where all the grain is, and to uncover Boaz's feet after he has lain down, and for her to lay down too, and then wait. Now, Ruth was quite obedient. She did everything her mother-in-law had instructed, and perhaps just a little bit more, as she takes the initiative to ask Boaz to spread his rope over her because he is a family redeemer. Now, I don't know about you, right? That sounds kind of pretty strange, right, this custom? like to uncover someone's feet while they're sleeping. Um, it's kind of strange, right? You know, Bible commenters will tell us that feet is actually a common Hebrew euphemism, euphemism for the genitals, right? So to our modern ears, that sounds a little bit scandalous, right? Someone's sleeping and then you go and uncover their genitals. Right. But you must remember, right, that it was considered culturally honourable at that time for Ruth to do that and to even make the request in such a way. We know that it was culturally acceptable and honourable because Boaz didn't wake up in shock and scold her and go, how dare you, how could you do this, right? In fact, he actually praised her for her loyalty to her family and he blessed her. And when Ruth asked Boaz to cover her with the corner of his cloak in verse 9, in chapter 3, she's actually asking him to marry her according to the laws of family succession. 
And so Boaz, in response, shows Hesed in his role as family redeemer when Ruth approaches him with such courage and audacity. So through their combined demonstration of loving kindness and redemptive powers, Ruth ends up marrying Boaz, who is a male relative of her late husband. In order to preserve his name and lineage, she converts to Judaism. She ultimately becomes the ancestor of the royal house of David. And the book of Ruth does addresses challenging issues of that time, such as how do you treat the other, a foreigner, intermarriage? What does it mean to build community and the role of God in our human affairs? God is mentioned numerous times by the three main characters, and we see God working behind the scenes in a movement from tragedy and death to joy and birth, from chaos and famine to order and abundance. So Ruth's steadfast devotion and courage, her commitment to Naomi, eventually worked to save Naomi from the bitterness in her old age, as Naomi would end up joyfully with her grandson, Obed. Obed would go go on to become the father of Jesse, who would become the father of David. And so David, the great-great-grandson of Naomi, and the great-grandson of Ruth, would become the second king of Israel and the ancestor of Jesus. When we later read about the ancestors of Jesus in the beginning of Matthew's gospel, we find Ruth's name mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, 5 to 6, when we read the words, Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. It was very intentional that they made sure that Ruth was mentioned. Because of her courage and loving kindness, Ruth became the ancestor of Jesus. What about you? What do you need courage to become? What is God calling you to become? So, I want to put this question out to you. As you're listening to all this, as you're listening to someone's courage to step into what God has called her to do, what do you think you need courage to become in your own life. It could be anything, right? I am not talking about a a particular role. It could be something aspirational, right? What do you need courage to become? To become better? To become holier? (laughs) Yep, to become accepting. Wow, that's beautiful. To learn to fail, Mm -hmm. that's hard to become better, to become optimistic, Mm -hmm. to become someone more forgiving. Wow. That is something that we all strive towards, right? To be accepting of rejection, that's hard, right? I mean, some of the things we need courage to become are the things that are really hard for us. To become the best version of me. Wow, I love that. To surrender, yeah? To be more loving to others, to be braver, to be loving, to be less judgmental, to be independent, to be light, to trust, to set boundaries, absolutely so important. Something that I'm learning in my own life too, to let go of bitterness, to take up a bigger role, yes, 
to be kind to myself. Beautiful. I love the compassion that's in a lot of this, that compassionate spirit, right? That, that I, hear, I hear your kindness and your compassion to yourself and to others, and that desire to become more compassionate and kinder. And I think that's beautiful. So this is lovely. I'm just going to leave that up there so that you know, everyone can kind of just look at it. What do you think God wants you to become? These are all the things that you, know, you think you need courage to become, and they're all beautiful things. To trust God completely is beautiful. Explore new frontiers. What do you think God wants you to become? A better person? What? Well, I guess, but ultimately, I think God wants you to become you. But, but I'm already me. What do you mean God wants me to become me? What I mean is for you to become fully and truly yourself, the person that God has created you to be. That's what God wants you to become. And one of you put that, the best version of myself, the version that God created you to be. None of us are there yet, but I sure hope we are on the way to becoming together. You know, recently I read the top five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Ware. was a palliative nurse and she, interestingly, you know, she found that these were the five, top five regrets of people. And I know the, the font is a little bit small, you might not be able to see it. Um, so number one is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Right? Do you identify with any of those? Yeah, maybe. So these were the top five regrets that she found as she journeyed with those who were dying. And if you scroll back upwards, um, you realise that two out of the five regrets involve wishing for more courage. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me, to become more you, right? Become the you that God created you to be. And number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I think in Ruth's life, we see clearly her courage to live a life true to herself and her courage to express her feelings, among other things. And so these are the things that I gleaned from, you know, when I was reading the book, that for Ruth, she had the courage to live a life true to herself and her values. She was initially seen and treated as a foreigner. Throughout the book, especially in the beginning, she's called Ruth the Moabite. But she continued to do what she believed was right, even if it meant leaving her family, her homeland, culture, her religion. She was becoming more herself. Two, she had the courage to give of herself. You see her demonstration, her practice of hasset. And then Naomi wanting to take care of her and her future in response to her loving kindness. And Boaz wanting to act as their family redeemer 
in response to her loving kindness toward Naomi. So it was actually contagious, right? First she was loving and kind, and then Naomi said, no, now we have to take care of you. And then Boaz said, I saw how you take care of your mother-in-law, I think is beautiful. Let me help take care of the both of you. Right? And then we see the courage to express her feelings. Some scholars and commentators argue that Ruth was a feminist of her time. Even though she was a woman in a deeply patriarchal world, she was bold in asking for what she and her family needed to survive. Her courage to approach Boaz, even though she was considered a nobody, and invite him to fulfill his responsibility as a family redeemer is truly remarkable, especially in her time. I know that the slides have... Um, is it okay? Can? No problem? Okay. So, and four, the courage to follow God's leading. Ruth may have been a foreigner, but she certainly wanted to follow this God that the family she married into believes in. She somehow realized that this God was the God that she wants to follow. And she does this one thing that is truly reflective of Yahweh. She loves Naomi above and beyond what anyone expects her deserves. She's present when she doesn't have to be. She follows and goes with her when she doesn't have to. And in order to do that, to be present, she lets go of her own securities and she takes risks. She embodies divine love just as Christ embodies divine love, just as we have the ability to embody divine love. When we truly pay attention to those who are walking through the wilderness, those who are struggling, when we give the simple gift of our presence, when we have the courage to follow God's leading, God's presence comes through us to heal, to encourage, to love people through the most difficult times of their lives. And God is always ready to partner with us in this work, ready to love through us, shine through us, ready to give hope. So the task is simple. It's for us to be fully present, to be courageous, to be our full selves. And the result can change lives, including our own. You know, the past week, it marked the fourth anniversary of Reverend Yap's passing. And those of you who do not know, Reverend Yap was our pastoral advisor, a great advocate. And all of us here at FCC are forever indebted to him, to Mrs. Yap, to Susan and their family for their sacrificial love and unwavering courage that continues to inspire us and leads the way towards justice bringing God's kingdom closer to fulfillment on earth. I would definitively say that FCC would not be what it is today, if not for Reverend Yap and his family. And we are eternally grateful for him, as well as for them. I remember one of the last times I visited and spent time with Reverend Yap. And he had to stay in bed at that time, but we still managed to have tea and biscuits together. And I remember us laughing a lot. And I always remember that twinkle in his eye whenever he laughed. And so this past week, I reread one of the sermons he wrote in 2014 for the Amplify Conference, Towards Radical Inclusion. 
and I appreciate anew his wisdom and challenge for us. How inclusive are we, he says, if we do not include all this in our mission agenda? And to know what all these are, you need to go and read the article, okay? He says, we must resist the temptation to be exclusive and stay within the walls of the sacred century, dark and cave light. We have to part the curtains, raise the shades, see out of our windows, the world outside groaning in travel, and challenge the church to transform our community, be more loving and caring for one another. We cannot view religion exclusively as a private matter or as personal salvation. By the same token, we cannot be exclusively involved only in the transformation of society and changing social values. We strive to be inclusive in terms of personal and social salvation. What beautiful words, right? That continue to ring so true and is still relevant today. And so as you think about the story of Ruth, the example of Reverend Yap, and the many, many different people have gone ahead of us. In what ways might God be leading you to take courage today? Some of you answered in the earlier question, right? What do you think you need more courage to become, right? So after you sit down and think about all this, in what ways might God be leading you to take courage today? Just the first step. I'm not saying that we need to be there. Just to take a small step. To be brave and to be truly myself. Yes, I love that. Right? I hope and pray that for all of us, that we are brave and be truly ourselves. To get up and to go. Yes. Not be fearful of the unknown. To create rhythms to get ready. I love that to create rhythms to get ready because sometimes we need to start somewhere, right? To get ourselves in the groove, if you will, right? To be vulnerable, mm -hmm. that requires tremendous courage. To hope, mm -hmm. learn to not look with judgment at others, I guess. To be still, to admit weakness, to seek forgiveness and move on. To make time, reflect and plan. To be genuine, yes. Speaking up about my life, yes, please. Your life is the gospel. Not be afraid because God is with us every step of the way. To give myself the time and space to breathe, to rest, please, please do that. To take the first step in following Jesus, yes. To take the first step, whatever that may be. To take small steps, yes. To stop doubting and start trusting. Mm -hmm. To be able to sit and not fill up with distractions, to take the first step, to gain confidence first, yes. Vax, okay. Restart, renew again, let go of past failures and fear. Don't dwell on the opinion and judgments of others. To set eyes on God and let go. That's all just so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that from your heart. And, you know, please continue to respond. Um, you know, we want to be able to keep that uh, in record as well because we want to pray with you. Uh, as you sense God leading you to take courage in the different areas of your life. But as you are sharing, I want to invite one very special person to share how she's taking steps of courage ahead. And so if there's any person at this point of time in our life, in our community in FCC, who's taking a big step of courage, it'll be Yen Mei. So Yen Mei, 
Um, she had been studying, uh, doing her theological studies uh, online, one and a half years already. Right in the midst of the pandemic, she applied. I still remember writing her letter of recommendation all the way, right? And she started during that time. Uh, and now in her last semester, uh, she's going to be able to go to Hong Kong to finish up her two years of studies. And she'll be leaving in the middle of December. And I wanted to invite her to come share her journey with us so that we as a community can love her, can support her, can be inspired by her. Okay, so come, Yemei, please come share with us. Yeah, sorry, the FCC family. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just trying to um, let you know my, like, the languages that I need to yeah, think in my mind when I actually was studying. Yeah, so I, I would like to share with you my journey for the theological studies. Yeah, so, okay, so it's, um, I came from this evangelical background. Missions has always been my interest in serving in church. But when I came to FCC in 2008, there was no ministry for missions. It was quite a new church, so I was disappointed. But, um, yeah, but I wanted to uh, stay in this church. So as I understood from my youth days from evangelical church, missions abroad were mostly opportunities to share the gospel to plant the churches and set up new ministries. Missions has since evolved in the world and for FCC, it came in a different form. FCC started Amplify Conference in 2009 from Singapore. It's an aim to equip and train church members for worship and ministry in church. But it has evolved to have combined overseas uh, conference in Hong Kong in 2012 to include LGBT Fellowships from uh, Southeast Asia region, such as Hong Kong, China, Malaysia, Philippines, and Japan. Yep. So these conferences allow us to network and connect with the LGBT churches and fellowships around Asia. So it, it also gave me the opportunity to interact with people from different fellowships in China, such as uh, Shanghai, Xiamen, and to hear their pastoral needs in the region. So the first time I uh, got to know their names, and I got to uh, connect with them through WeChat. So um, after some time, my first mission trip in FCC started when I was uh, following Miak uh, on his journey to China. So we were actually going to Shanghai retreat for the few days with the FCC worship team. And then he decided that he wanted to visit the other fellowships in um, China. So I was like, oh, I would just took a long, long leave for about a week to follow him. So we first went to Xiamen, as you can see, and uh, Guangzhou and Shenzhen. So one of the most impactful things that he did was the baptism at one of the fellowships, as well as Holy Communion. That left a deep impression on me, because this is something that uh, impressed me, that there's a need in China, that we can actually connect with the people there. So it's from then that um, God had connected me to the people from the various fellowships in China, from different regions. And from 2016 and 19, Pastor Pauline and myself had the opportunity to go into various parts of China and Hong Kong to do the mini workshops to meet the pastoral needs of the folks there. I want to, give, uh, I want to take this opportunity to give thanks to FCC for starting Amplify. They had done this wonderful work of sowing the seeds for missions as well as equipping the workers. And now 
we are reaping the fruits from the years of labour as we see new fellowships started in different parts of China. As I came to reflect on my journey of how I came to take a Master of Arts in Christian Studies in Hong Kong, uh, this is an unusual direction from God. Master of Arts actually is a short theological course that helps me to uh, know more about the Word of God as well as the society issues. And this, um, uh, the reason why I came to take it is because uh, the theological schools in Singapore they were not able to accept me as a student after hearing that I'm from FCC uh, yeah, for a variety of reasons because um, they actually were reluctant, but somehow they, allowed, they told me that, okay, uh, sorry, we cannot take you as a student, but you, can, you are free to take audit courses with the centres. So as I did not uh, want to give up, so that's why I studied. I took up short courses in church history to quench my thirst for knowledge. Yep. So, meanwhile, I did come in contact and touch with the fellowships in China and joined most of their retreats. So, as I was um, listening to them share, I was very motivated as I hear them uh, saying that they were studying theological schools in their areas to serve in their fellowships. So, the turning point also came when I was, in, uh, I was uh, at this queer theological academy camp that was uh, in 2019. That was held in Hong Kong. So it opened up my opportunities and options to study theology. So coincidentally, it was held in Divinity School of Chongqi College. So this is the first, this is the same place that we had our first combined Amplified Conference in 2012. And actually, from then, uh, Yvette Flanders, our Bishop Yvette Flanders had actually commissioned us to go out to the world. And, and I have a lot of memories there. And uh, I found out that some of my church, uh, the, the camp mates that I was in the school, they actually studied in this uh, divinity school and they were LGBT friendly. So I suddenly saw that there was actually a, a way to revive my dream to study theology again. So as I uh, thought about the major considerations, I want to study there. So the main three obstacles were actually the language, and the finances and the distance. So although I'm Cantonese myself, but my language is actually conversational. So I can, although I can understand the basic conversation, but I will have some difficulty understanding the theological terms. But attending the camp in 2019 actually reassured me that most of the lecturers have English likes and reading materials. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine, I won't, won't be lost. So I can actually follow along as well as write my essays in English or Chinese. So I'm like, wow, it's like God, God had given me a, a way. And uh, the secondly is like, my finance was quite low because I had actually purchased a new, new flat. Yeah, but when I realized that uh, MACS allowed part-time students and actually I can work part-time in Hong Kong to earn my tuition fees uh, if the company allows me to transfer. Yeah, so this is what I wanted to do. So I, I, I immediately uh, started the enrollment process in 2020. So I thought it was just a simple process, right? Just fill in some forms, but no. <laughs> I need to, a, a, few, a few steps I need to do. Okay, firstly is actually my degree cert. Need to have some official stamp and, and transcript from the university that I was studying from. But this degree I was taken from informatics in 2004. So there wasn't no electronic cop copies at all. Yeah.
So this uh, transcript took me two weeks to settle. And I, on top of that, I need to get the online verification report from Hong Kong to verify that my degree is authentic. So I had to submit another form. Okay, then after that, after submitting my pastoral letter, I had to get my referees to do this survey that's from the university to assess my mental abilities for studies. And so the final step was actually the visa form that I need to submit to Hong Kong Customs to get my visa, the part-time student visa, to study there. But it was a very troublesome process because I wasn't in Hong Kong and the company did not approve for me to transfer. So I was actually out of options when COVID suddenly struck in 2020. So during April 2020, travel was restricted. So I was actually not, we are not allowed to travel out of Singapore. So I hit a roadblock. So I, wasn't sure, I was quite sure in July that, okay, there goes my study plans. I probably won't be able to study anymore. <laughs> but God, our amazing God, has other plans for me. So the Divinity School, for the first time in history, had to do online classes. So do, because of the pandemic situation, none of the students were allowed in campus. So I have just seen the light at the, at the end of the tunnel that God has performed a miracle that uh, when, I was, when I thought that my hope for studies was gone, He had just provided me a way to, stu to study. So by the grace of God, um, the school wrote to the customs to grant me a temporary visa to do my course online. So in, thank God in 2020, I started as a part-time student and did all my lessons online on Zoom. And this is a dream that's fulfilled. Yeah. I had never imagined myself studying theology in a Chinese university with three different languages, Chinese, English, and Cantonese. <laughs> so you can imagine, like, I need to translate in my brains when they were teaching Cantonese, English. Yeah, and this immersion in this Chinese uh, theological world was quite a unique experience as there was a lot of focus on how Christianity came to China and how the, the missions in China started and what's the issues that's actually involving the Chinese, commu Chinese community. I was very grateful to God for providing, this, uh, providing me a way to study theology in a manner that I expect, and I actually saved a year of living expenses while studying online. And all things seem to fall in place in God's time and place. I'm looking forward to complete my term at campus next year in, in Hong Kong. So my encouragement for you, for FCC folks, who are actually interested to pursue this theological education is to trust God to provide a way. The need for our community uh, is great and we always have a need for the workers. But our God is without limits and boundaries. And He will provide the resource and the people to get there. You do not give up. So do continue to trust in God to provide a way out for what that you want to do. Thank God. So uh, we're going to get uh, Yemi to just stay here for a while because um, we want to pray for her together as a community. And I'm going to invite Mia to pray for her. But before we do that, we have a very small surprise. Maybe it's a big surprise, I don't know. Lah. We have a very small surprise for Yemi. Um, so over the months, the past few months, uh, Shannon and some of the women had initiated a drive to raise money for you. 
so that you will have um, money for your living expenses while you're in Hong Kong. All right, and this money came from the hearts and the love and the generosity of a lot of our SCC siblings as well as even people outside. Okay, so I want you to know that this is um, it's not about the money per se, but it's about the hearts that, and the love that goes behind it. All right, I want to invite Valencia to come up and present the very special love gift uh, to Yanmei. Uh, Valencia actually specially designed this uh, big-sized check. <laughs> And for you who are very far away, you may not be able to see the amount, but we actually managed to raise $8,888, a very prosperous number in Chinese uh, tradition, okay? So, so, yeah, this is for you, and it comes with all of our love and our best wishes, right, for the, as you close up your studies, right? And so now I'm going to invite um, Yak to pray for you, okay? And will you all come join us in prayer? So who would have thought that when you follow along that journey um, in Xiamen and, and all the way down Guangzhou and Shenzhen that you'll be standing here and where you'll be going. Um, I remember when, uh, when I asked, you know, I'm going to be visiting those ministries, anyone want to follow along? Um, and Yen was the only one who replied. And in my mind, I was like, you know, I wasn't close to Yen Mei. I was like, okay, you know, come along. Then we will, we will see what God has in store. Because I was... Surprised because I didn't expect it to be you, one. Number two, we don't know what will happen. Uh, I, I, did, I certainly didn't have plans. Like, there was no curriculum. There was nothing scheduled. There was, it was just trying to reach out and support the ministries there. And, you know, what came along was we debriefed after every session. We sit down and chit-chat. And, you know, what was there, how do you feel about what happened just now? What was the most impactful thing? And that was just a journey. But what happened thereafter is, you know, God in action. And so now standing here years later and witnessing what you are going to, what you have done, the, your courage to step up um, is amazing. And it is a witness to God's love and God's strength. And I always felt that you always thought you, you lacked. Mm. To be honest, all of us lack. And the, the lack is where God shows up. And you have seen that. Your testimony just now has shown us that. So may we all reflect on the lacks in our life and trust mm. that God will show up. Thank you, Mia. Let us pray. God, you said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And God, Yenmi, had said, send me. Here I am. Yenmei has answered yes to your invitation so many times. And even though there were obstacles in the way, there were discouragement, and sometimes it almost seems to be a no, to be roadblocks. But God, you have opened up ways in ways we cannot imagine. And this didn't just come from nowhere. All this comes from the seeds sown from days ago. We stand upon the shoulders of giants. We benefit from the fruits of those who have sown generations ago. From Reverend Yap, from those who nurtured Reverend Yap, for those of us who were there in Hong Kong, the seeds sown and we saw it bear fruit 
and perhaps a hundredfold. So Yenmi, when you step out there, remember you're continuing this sowing. You're continuing sowing for the future generations to come. And may we not worry about what the harvest would be because God will show up. But we know what we need to do here and now. So go. Go with courage. Go with love. Go with all our love. Because you, you have trusted and you have said yes. So God, we pray for Yenmei and we give thanks for your abiding presence that opened the path. Paths that might be surprising in ways. And God, may you allow her to witness to your love to all of us and renew our faith and trust in you always. Amen. 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 So we move to the time. Oh, wait. Wait a while. Before we move into the time of communion, I just want to just close um, this time of the sermon and Yeme sharing, which is actually part of the sermon. And I hope that her story of her journey uh, spoke to you and that God's Spirit spoke to you through that. We're going to end with a song today. And this song is called The Summons. And you would have heard um, Myak sing it at some point. Uh, and I, I love this song. It's a hymn, actually. Um, because it's so meaningful, the lyrics, and I want you just be able to listen to some of the lyrics or just read it. Uh, but one of my favorite verses uh, in this song is this Will you love the you you hide if I but call your name? Will you quell the fear inside and never be the same? Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around? Through my sight and touch and sound in you and you in me. So let's meditate on this song together. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go be the same Will you let my love be shown Will you let my name be known Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me Free and never be the same. Will 
When Jesus sat at the tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A, A kingdom, kingdom where, where all, all are welcome, welcome all, all are worthy, and, and all, all are invited. invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered and the fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each one of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. 
Remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even child baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with the Pharisees, Jesus welcomed the woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice and neutrality. But we also recognise that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate the meal in the upper room with his, the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread and after giving thanks to you, Holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. This time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May we invite the stewards to come forward to distribute elements. For those of you at home, you can get ready the elements and we'll partake of it together. For those of you present, please allow the stewards to pass you um, the communion elements uh, because of uh, safety re uh, regulations.
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God, God the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and persists today through the, the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's partake of the elements together with gratitude. I invite all of you, as you're willing and able, to stand and join the prayer of communion. Together. Gracious, Gracious God, may this meal be for us and a mayor's meal, where we encounter, encounter your presence in the sharing, in the sharing of, of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to your joyful and hopeful disciples. And, and may, may we share in your kingdom of love, justice and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, church, and welcome again to the Sunday service of the Free Community Church. We're really glad that you're all uh, here with us this morning. I uh, just want to first say thank you, Pauline, for helping to wrap us up on our Becoming series. And uh, what a way to be able to uh, end the series with um, the sharing of the amazing testimony uh, by uh, Yen Mei. Uh, I was going to almost say Pastor Yen Mei, but I think that will be coming soon. Huh? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to um, uh, her on her learning journey and just what a miracle of God's providence and grace over her life, and for each one of us, if we are willing to just take that, that step forward. And I also hope that you can see how all of the investments that you make into someone else's life, maybe seeds that you'll be planting that will bear fruit, maybe not in that day, that week, that month, but it could be even years later, and it'll bear a harvest, and you'll be asking God in the same way um, that many of the laborers did in the parables, you know, uh, where did this harvest come from? And so I do I encourage you all not to give up sowing those seeds and allowing God to sow those seeds of the word of the kingdom of God into your hearts. So welcome again to the Free Community Church Sunday service. Um, FCC is an open and inclusive uh, church. Uh, you're welcome uh, to come as you are here. So if you're new with us, I would like to encourage you to leave us your details. You can do so online by scanning this QR code or going to the URL fcc.la/welcome. This allows us to get in touch with you and seeing how we can serve you better as a church community. Um, we do encourage you to uh, come and see whether this could be a place where you can grow spiritually with us. Um, the, there is no uh, other place in Singapore like FCC. We are uh, a Chris, progressive Christian church. 
and we welcome you um, regardless of your gender identity or sexual orientation exactly as you are and um, you know I think that that's a really a great way to create a foundation for who this community is and what we're called to become so we're going to move into a time where we're going to worship God now with our offering uh, David last week shared a little bit about the progress we have made um, throughout the whole year and being able to you know, meet the budget. This budget allows us to do this ministry and um, many of you all will know that FCC is really built for the last 18 years upon the generosity of, the, of our members and the people who contribute uh, to the finances of FCC. So if you're there and you would like to continue us to help us to come alongside us to work on how we can be the church, how we can be ecclesia, how we can bring the presence of God, how we can be love, life and light to the community around us, especially the marginalized community, I do encourage you to um, contribute uh, this morning and, to, and uh, worship God with your offering by either through PayNow by scanning uh, the QR codes above. We've got a general fund for all of the general ministry expenses and a specific building fund specific to the paying down of the mortgage of this place. Or you can contribute uh, by credit card by going to freecomchurch.gift.asia. In a moment, I'm going to call the uh, stewards to come forward. So if you'd like to do good old-fashioned um, you know, cash, um, uh, you can raise your hand and the ushers will come around with the bags in a moment. But uh, would you join me and as you prepare to give um, for a word of prayer? Dear God, we thank you for this community of love, of life, of light. And God, we thank you for the generosity of each and every person here who has been sown the word of the kingdom into their hearts and now are sowing it into the lives of others in and through all aspects of the way that we are your hands and feet, including with our finances. God, I ask you to bless each person that gives this morning even more richly show your grace, your provision, your presence over their lives and knowing that all things come from you and that you're calling us to be stewards of the resources that you have given each of us to manage. In Jesus' name we pray, all of God's people say, Amen. Can I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the giving this morning? Thank you. Alright, I do have a few announcements and I think that the first announcement that I want to share uh, with you is um, one of the ways that we have been contributing towards giving are through looking for marginalized communities that um, we can come alongside with. And some of them, we, uh, we come alongside with them with our people and, you know, we deploy people to help. And sometimes we also come alongside, you know, by working with these communities, understanding what their needs and being able to meet those needs. And some of the times it's by, um, you know, coming together on a project. And one of these communities that we've been working with is the Tea Shelter, which looks uh, after... Um, our transgendered uh, siblings um, who are, you know, uh, looking for, who may be in a challenging situation in their lives and may not have a place to be able to call home and a place to find uh, safety and refuge. One of the ways that we help our transgender siblings is by coming uh, together to give, um, you know, and resource them uh, with the things uh, for their daily necessities. And I just want to say at the conclusion of this uh, recent um, T-Mart drive that um, 
um, some of our friends have put together a very short video to share with you the, uh, a little bit of a praise report. So let's roll that video. To everyone who contributed, uh, thank you so much for your generosity. And for those who um, you know, are thinking about how we can then contribute, look out for the next drive that will be coming up and more opportunities to give. Uh, one way that we are, one opportunity that you can, we can give of ourselves is uh, also in standing in solidarity with other marginalized communities, uh, apart from just the work that we're doing with Tea Shelter. One of the, the communities sometimes uh, you know, that we uh, don't really talk about very much except for this once in a year that we do um, is um, the people living with HIV. So next week, we are going to be having a very special service uh, as in conjunction with World AIDS Day 2021. And uh, it's going to be a slightly different service. Uh, one element of the service that we want to uh, incorporate are your messages or your encouragements or your pledges uh, to support people living with HIV. So one way that you can do this is you can go home and uh, if you're at home, uh, you can just whip out a, um, you know, uh, go over to that website, uh, fcc.la slash WAD2021 or scan the QR code. And you can leave your messages there. These messages can take the form of text. Just have to upload a document there uh, with the text in it. We'll incorporate that into the, uh, the service next week. Uh, some of these encouragements that you want to share, very easy way to do that. Other ways that you want to do that, if you have a bit more um, you know, courage, you can uh, you know, record a short video uh, for yourself and we can also incorporate that into the service next week. And if you don't know how to record a video or if you just want to you know, um, have somebody to help you to do that, uh, there's going to be a team right after the, the, the service who is going to use uh, this setup here. We're going to put a phone camera here and uh, we'll have a little bit of a stool here and you'll be properly lit and all. 
um, and uh, you'll be able to then share your words of encouragement. Um, I think this is one way that we can really care for and minister uh, to one another in a very practical uh, way and to demonstrate how we can be uh, the hands, feet, voice and face of Christ um, you know, in the world. So please do come forward and share those messages. Yeah. I know um, some people would rather die than appear on camera, uh, but here is a way to die to ourselves and so that you know, Christ might live within us. Amen? Let's take that step of courage, okay, of becoming. <laughs> the next uh, announcement that I have is that the week after World Aids Day is the beginning of Advent. And what a way to, to start Advent with this new series called Let Your Life Speak. And here's again another opportunity for you to be able to share um, your stories and being able to show your um, you know, gratitude and your struggles of that st your story of becoming and how God has, you know, worked in and through you. So here's, um, um, if, any, if you've got a story to share, or if there's any parts of the Christmas story around love, peep, hope, love, peace, hope, and joy that resonate with stories that you are going through, do encourage you to record and share your stories. Again, you can do this by video, or you can do this by text. And here's some instructions on the next slide that will show you how to do that. Um, so you can share your stories as a group, um, you can show, um, uh, or you can share a written story. Um, and we are, together with that, we're going to be doing some stained glass art also, um, which we are going to add to this wonderful collection that we have on, the, um, on our wall here, on our, on our windows here. So you can get a tile from us, and, or we can uh, send a tile to you if you email us. And you can also use um, art. Um, your um, creativity um, through the, you know, the um, markers um, to be able to create a stained glass tile to tell your story that can go along with your video or with your written story as well. So do encourage you to get involved and uh, let's really create Christmas and this Advent anthology together. It's called an anthology because it's a collection of all of our collective stories um, so really encourage you to, um, you know, one way that we can not just sit here and consume Christianity is to be a part of community and to be able to worship one another by contributing to any of these three initiatives that we have just uh, talked about. All right. Speaking of community, um, if you are uh, brand new to FCC or if you are, you know, not so new to FCC, but you're, um, you're looking for friends, you're looking for a group of people to grow with, uh, we're going to be starting a new group uh, that's about to sprout, and that's, going, that's uh, the initiative of these cell groups that we call, uh, you know, new cell groups of people coming together to do life uh, uh, together. This is a, you know, a, a time-limited group that they will come together to create a, uh, a new cell group and a journey together. So if you're interested in uh, um, joining other people on, and you know, building your own faith journey, um, please in register your interest at info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, I think there's one more announcement, right? Yes, very importantly, next week is our annual general meetings for, uh, for members of FCC, where we share and kind of like reflect on the year that's gone by, uh, look at the, uh, at the priorities for 2022, as well as the budget. And we do a few, uh, as members, we come together 
uh, to vote for a few things, including uh, election of new leaders, uh, the changes that we want to make in the way that we organize church life, as well as uh, to make sure that we approve the budgets, which we all collectively get behind to resource. So if you're a member of the church, um, it will be available both online as well as um, as well as well on-site. So you just have to, 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 to come after your lunch um, break on next Sunday, at one, back at 1.30. And if you're not a member of the church, you're also very welcome uh, to join us uh, for this. And you can listen into what are the plans coming up for 2022 and how that you can be a part of it. And maybe you might want to consider to become a member of this church. So I'll see you all next week. Um, finally, this is the third um, Sunday of November. And every November, we, uh, every month, we actually celebrate uh, birthdays. Um, so uh, please, um, you know, uh, we're going to invite the pastors to come in a moment to pray for the November babies. Uh, but here are the November babies. So um, would you just uh, give them a, a big applause? So whether you're here, November babies, on-site or online, you know, um, we love you. I love me. Uh, and we're going to pray for them and me. All right, so Mia. <laughs> Don't run away, Gary. You are one of the people featured. Um, and I think that a few of the members are actually present. Uh, if you are, I, won't, I won't embarrass you, uh, but if you're willing, you can stand um, as we um, pray for all of you. And I think the rest have joined us online. God, we give thanks for these people that you have breathed life into and sent into our lives. We give thanks for the journeys they have taken that led them here into this community and how they have blessed us with their life experiences, the good and the bad. Because all of it, all of ourselves, our whole selves, are living testimonies and stories that witness to your love. And as we grow as a community, each single person blesses us with something and God, help us learn from one another. And God, may you continue to bless them in the coming year. That through the storms that will definitely come, that they will see you and they will feel your abiding presence strengthening them and guiding them through all the life's challenges that lie ahead. And may they continuously see the fruits the fruits that they have, of the seeds they have sown, and the fruits of the seeds that were sown by others, blossoming and bearing fruit in their lives, and continue to witness to your love and your grace always. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we turn the time over to uh, Reverend Miak to give us the benediction for today, um, first, thank you for that birthday blessing. Um, we have also received a little bit of a blessing from some of the uh, members from, uh, you know, maybe who are not overseas. One of them, uh, uh, her name is Loretta, and she uh, is uh, joining us from Melbourne. Hi, Loretta, if you are watching. Uh, so, Loretta has sent us a card, which has got some very lovely words in it, as well as this little, um, you know, uh, framed... Uh, origami of FCC has got our, uh, our logo and our picture and a, a big heart in it. So maybe you can go to camera five, you can actually see that for those people who are online. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Loretta, uh, for that. 
And uh, actually, um, she has, uh, before we get the benediction from uh, Reverend Miak, she has got a little bit of a blessing for, for each one of us. And she wants to say this uh, to you. Uh, you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, smarter than you think, and loved more than you'll ever know. And with that, invite Reverend Miak for the benediction. It's interesting, too, that Loretta is the first member who is totally virtual. She has never been to FCC physically. She has not met any of us physically. But yet, we are able to connect in a way um, and be church and be home for her. Um, I hope that that continues to be... That is what God is inviting us to, to do um, while we are present, those who are able, right, are present here. But there are some people who might be far away um, and might have lots of obstacles to reach us physically here. Um, but this is just amazing. So may I invite you to stand and receive the benediction. God, may we hear you when you say, Who shall I send? Who shall go for us? May we be able to say, here I am. This mirroring of what God responded to Moses, inviting Moses to step out. Here I am. May you hear God's voice calling your name, inviting you to become. May you have the courage no matter what the odds are, the obstacles that lie in front of you, no matter what your lack may be, because God will show up and God will make a way out of no way. So go out and have the courage to become who you are called to be, to be fully you, to bless the world, because what the world truly needs is you fully alive, fully blessing the world with all your gifts and all you are. Because that will transform the world. Go in love always. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Uh, and I hope to see you next week. And have a blessed week ahead. <laughs>